now, time for seafood news. Welcome to the Seafood News Podcast. I'm Seafood News staff writer Amanda Buckle, and this week's episode is brought to you by Erner Berry's Reporter, the quarterly news magazine for the food industry professional, packed with the latest industry <coughs> headlines, analysis, and trending articles. Contact advertiseratearnerberry.com to be a featured sponsor in the spring edition of the Reporter, which is distributed to thousands of protein industry professionals, including a 5,500 bonus distribution to attendees at Seafood Expo North America in Boston. Make sure you are in front of your customers. Now this week, I'm happy to introduce my new co-host, seafood market reporter Liz Cazzo. Thanks, Amanda. I'm happy to be here. Now Liz is stepping in for normal Seafood News podcast co-host, seafood market reporter Lauren Castiglione, who is out on maternity leave for the next few months. Lauren gave birth to a healthy baby boy last Monday, so congrats to Lauren and welcome, Liz. Thank you. Now, Liz, why don't you tell our customers and listeners a little bit about what you do at Erna Berry? I'd be happy to. Um, I presently cover the frozen mahi and tuna market, the live lobster market, the fresh hole and filet market, FOB, Mid-Atlantic, New England, and Southeast, the fresh shellfish, and Western Fresh market. That is a mouthful. <laughs> and uh, you've actually taken over some of Lauren's markets while she's out. Is that right? Correct. Uh, while Lauren is out I'll, on maternity leave, I'll be covering her aquaculture markets, Chinese catfish, Pangasius and tilapia, and also some of her frozen markets, snapper, orange ruffy, hokey, um, cape capensis, and whiting. And that's not all you do. I kid you not when I say that Liz is one of the busiest people in the Erner Berry office. Besides being a CP market reporter, Liz also helps with event planning at UB. And UB actually just had a big announcement about the 2019 Executive Conference. Is that right? You are. Last week, we announced this year's Executive Conference speaker will be, drumroll please, Arby's President Rob Lynch. Wow. I am so excited. You know... Arby's might have my favorite slogan of all time. We yeah. have the beats for sandwiches. <laughs> I love it. I'm obsessed. Now, uh, as you mentioned, Rob Lynch serves as the president of Arby's, part of Inspire Brands, which is a multi-brand restaurant company whose portfolio includes Buffalo Wild Wings, Sonic Drive-In, and Rusty Taco. I could go for a taco right now. Um, under Lynch's leadership, Business Insider called Arby's one of the fastest growing and most innovative companies in its industries. And since 2013, Arby's Global System Sales has uh, sales. Sorry, Arby's Global System Sales. I'm like, anytime I have a, uh, a like we have a script, obviously that we run off of. Uh -huh. And so anytime there's a spelling error in it, I just go, it's like Robin Burgundy from <laughs> Anchorman. So anyway, their, their Global System Sales have surged 20% to 3.7 billion. Um, and its restaurant's average annual sales have inc uh, increased 22%. Uh, we're definitely excited to have Rob uh, Lynch headlining Erna Barry's Executive Conference, which is taking place this year at the Bellagio from April 28th through the 30th. So please mark your calendars. Vegas, baby! Um, and of course, there will be plenty of other top speakers and strategists. Um, additional speakers at this year's conference include Dr. David Cole, professor at Virginia Tech, who will be exploring the global economic situation, Michael Sansolo, a retail food industry consultant, Nielsen VP Sarah Chemansky discussing the continued evolution of retail food service, and agricultural humorist Damien Mason to pepper in a little added fun. 
I'm always down for fun. And now executive conference attendees can expect illuminating discussions on consumer trends, branding, marketing, and of course, Erna Berry's popular reporter roundtable sessions on poultry, egg, and red meats, uh, the red meat markets. And this is what I'm honestly really excited about. For the first time ever, Erner Berry will be featuring its seafood import workshop in conjunction with the conference. Yes, an event with truly something for everyone. Exactly. Now, onto the news. In our top story, Chicken of the Sea International, the subsidiary of Thai Union, that was the first tuna company to bring antitrust price-fixing information to the Department of Justice, has announced a partial settlement of claims with some retailers. The settlement involves more than 30 retailers, but does not include the entire list of retailers who seek compensation for damages from price-fixing. Under the agreement terms, Chicken of the Sea International will pay a cash settlement and work with companies in the promotion of innovative Chicken of the Sea products. The company's VP and general counsel, uh, Christiana Reed, said in a press release that they are pleased to have an agree, uh, reach an agreement with companies who they consider important partners. Reed said that this demonstrates Chicken of the Seas International's commitment to putting the matter behind them and further strengthening their valued customer partnerships. Uh, monetary value of the settlement has not been announced. And in other news, FDA Commissioner Dr. Scott Lieb said last week that due to the government shutdown, the Food and Drug Administration has stopped routine food safety inspections of seafood, fruits, vegetables, and many other foods that are at high risk of contamination. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, foodborne diseases in the U.S. send about 128,000 people to the hospital every year and kills about 3,000 people. Dr. Gottlieb added in a series of tweets that he's taking steps to restore food safety surveillance inspections, as well as cover more of the high-risk sites as the shutdown continues. In addition, he said that inspections of overseas products have continued and that the FDA has maintained surveillance of some domestic producers who have a history of problems or pose risks for other reasons. Well, that's a little reassuring. <laughs> a little. Yep. In other government shutdown news, and this really kills me, um, U.S. Coast Guard employees have received some suggestions on how to manage their finances during the shutdown. Are you ready for this? Hit me. That was a real slap. Ow. I just, I really <laughs> slapped Liz. Um, get HR in here. <laughs> so uh, to get by without pay, and, and I, I don't know if you actually know this, but um, I was surprised about this, and this was something that my husband and I were talking about the other day with the government shutdown, but um, the U.S. Coast Guard is the only, um, because like they're part of the Department of Homeland Security, they are the only military branch to work without pay. Did you know that? Hmm, I did not. Yeah, because I'm like, what? I'm like, are like the soldiers overseas? Um, I don't know why they fall under the Department of Homeland Security. I mean, maybe because they're in the waters. But uh, I just thought that was really interesting. So what happened was they, they were last paid on December 31st, um, which was lucky because the, the government shutdown started December 21st. So the Department of Homeland Security was able to find funding to cover the December 31st payday. But now you know, that the government shutdowns continued, and this is like the longest government shutdown, um, they're supposed to get paid again on January 15th. But like I said, because, you know, they're part of the shutdown now, the, they're not going to get paid. They're not like, yeah. So the U.S. Coast Guard Vice Command, uh, Commandant um, Admiral Charles W. Ray, he released an all-hands email to the Coast Guard uh, this past week um, as their next payday approaches amid the government shutdown. And uh, he said that in the coming days, our service will begin to pass critical military and civilian pay processing milestones necessary to meet regular pay cycles. 
Unfortunately, without an appropriation, a continuing resolution, or another legislative measure, the Coast Guard will not be able to meet the next payroll. Hmm. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So, um, you know, he did say that Coast Guard leadership is doing everything possible internally and externally to ensure that, you know, when they can pay Coast Guard members, they can do it as soon as, you know, as soon as possible. Um, but he, do, you know, he's like that he doesn't know when it's going to happen. Um, and in con- addition, I don't know if you heard about this either, but uh, a South Dakota senator and, you know, seven other senators introduced the Pay Our Coast Guard Act, which would uh, pay active civilian and retired Coast Guard members immediately. So, hmm. um, you know, fingers crossed that happens. But right now, you know, it's been proposed, but, you know, we don't know if that's actually going to, to move ahead. But um, so to, in order to get by the Coast Which, Guard, this is crazy. The Coast Guard support program suggests that employers uh, they suggest that they're sorry their employees consider having garage sales. <laughs> they can they should babysit, dog walk, or serve as a mystery shopper. I've always wanted to serve as a mystery shopper. I don't think it's that easy <laughs> to do. But anyway, um, I, I know this is like part of an attempt to help, but I don't think it's very helpful. I mean, babysitting, dog walking, like all right. But like to sell your stuff, like they're telling you to sell your stuff. I think that's rude. I totally agree. Um, I think these his comments are somewhat insulting. Yeah, and uh, I mean, it's not. This wasn't the the admiral that said all this. This is just the Coast Guard support um, program. But I mean, I don't know if they realize this or not. But this is not prime garage sale season. <laughs> <laughs> so it's totally brutal. But uh, let's move on to happier news. Okay, and we have some happy news. Woo. Handy Seafood is celebrating their 125th anniversary. 125th anniversary. That yes. is huge. Congrats to Handy Seafood. Handy Seafood is headquartered in Salisbury, Maryland, and first opened their doors in 1894. Today, Handy Seafood has 14 operations in six nations, including their original plant in Crisfield, Maryland. What an accomplishment. Yes. Um, Handy Seafood plans on celebrating their anniversary throughout the year. In May, the seafood processor will launch their 125th anniversary Crisfield collection, which will feature domestic crab cakes, oysters, and soft-shell crabs. And Handy plans on officially celebrating their 125th anniversary this September, with an event open to employees, watermen, and customers. Road trip! Um, in other news, uh, other happy news, sorry, uh, we've got some exciting new products to talk about. Legal Seafoods fans will be able to get a taste of the seafood restaurant at home um, thanks to Stonewall Kitchen. So Seafood News first reported back in May that Stonewall Kitchen signed a licensing agreement with a Boston-based restaurant company to share their products with seafood lovers across the country. Now, January, Legal Seafoods' signature cocktail sauces, tartar sauces, spice rubs, and other seafood marinades and dressings are available in grocery and specialty retailers. So keep an eye out. Um, Legal Seafoods products available through Stonewall Kitchen include house tartar sauce, uh, chipotle tartar sauce, house cocktail sauce, a spicy cocktail sauce. I always Mm. go for a spicy one. Um, Lemon dill aioli. House vinaigrette, lemon dill seafood marinade and dressing, and house oyster crackers. Love a good cracker. Um, so I'm going to have to go shopping. Uh, Liz, weren't we supposed to eat at Legal Seafoods after the Boston Seafood Show last year? Yes, we were. But remember that snowstorm kind of derailed our plans? The snowstorm! <laughs> I still dream about that lobster dinner we missed out on. Instead, I think I've said this on the podcast like a million times just because it's something that's going to haunt me forever. <laughs> we had gas station Domino's pizza. I was supposed to have a lobster dinner and instead I had gas station Domino's pizza. It wasn't that bad. 
It was. <laughs> but when you're expecting, when like, when you're heading into it, like we were heading into the week going like, we're going to end this thing. Like, cause Boston, you're on your feet the entire time. We're, we hustled. Yes, we did. You know, and we were expecting that lobster dinner at the end. And then when yeah. the snow store, snow store came, we like gas pizza. <laughs> yeah. We fled. I know I mean, we packed up the car. Liz and I drove with Lauren and I seriously left the hotel room. Like I was like fleeing the country. <laughs> like her bags <laughs> gotta get home. fit in. Gotta get home. Gotta get that gas station Domino's pizza. So anyway, there's always this there's year, always right? always this year, yes. All right. Um, that's the spirit we need. And other new product news. Ms. Zeta Company has a new product line out called Oishi. The new line means delicious in Japanese and is 100% chemical free with no added hormones, phosphates, antibiotics, or artificial preservatives. According to a news release from Mazetta, their Oishi shrimp go from swimming to frozen without, uh, within four hours due to the close proximity of their shrimp farms to their production facilities. The shrimp is sent to Mazetta's processing plants alive via an aerated transport with no soak. Upon arrival, the shrimp are immediately processed, which Mazetta says is key to how the product tastes and looks. Sounds good. We'll have to give it a try. I do love eating into a microphone. Lauren and I had that chip episode. <laughs> um, so we'll have to, maybe we'll get some shrimp in here. I don't know if the shrimp will have the same effect. But they're fresh, yes. Yeah, they're, oh, yeah. All right. Oh, let's do this, Liz. Um, that wraps up our show for the week. Uh, once again, this week's episode was brought to you by Erna Bears Reporter, the quarterly news magazine for the food industry professional. Uh, Liz, this was pretty painless, right? Will you be back next week? When did you say Lauren's back? <laughs> I'm kidding. Of course, I'll be back if you'll have me. Liz, it was a pleasure. Thank you. It always is. So you're back. You're in. I'm in. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> and that's the end. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye.